You are listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now with political insight and strategy, here are your hosts, Mark Alderman and Howard Schweitzer. Mark, good afternoon. It's Sunday, October 4th, and we're joined again, thankfully, by our friend and partner, Jerry Kilgore from our state attorney general group. Jerry, welcome. It's great to be with you again. Seems like a year I was here before. I know. It was last old, week. Slow, been yeah, a week. slow week, Jerry. Guys, anything going on no, in the world? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to even know where to begin, but but let's try. Yeah, what world are you referring to? I know. <laughs> that's I the know. first question. I, know. I mean, did we did we have a Supreme Court nomination like a year ago? It seems like. And then uh, the debate like six months ago and now COVID. <laughs> Supreme Court confirmation announcement, otherwise known as a super spreader event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So crazy. All we right. are uh, all the way through the looking glass with uh, deference to Lewis Carroll. This, we, we are somewhere no one's ever been before. So that's a little exciting, but daunting. So, guys, um, let's start here. We don't really know the status of President Trump's health. You don't think that perfectly clear from the medical briefings? I'm thinking not. Okay. Um, The three conflicting medical briefings on Saturday. Let's start here. Does it matter? Does it matter that we don't know, Jerry, what his um, condition is? Well, I think he has said and his doctors have said just today that that he's improving and that he could be released tomorrow i, I think that you know as we go forward he'll he'll be back out he'll be back to the white house and then hopefully a regular campaign will will start again mark what do you yes, think of course it matters he's the most powerful man in the world we elected him president of the united states of america He is in the hospital with a terrible virus that has killed over 200,000 Americans. And of course, we should know his medical condition with all due respect to his privacy, which he surrendered a degree of when he ran for president. But of course, we should know. And yes, it matters. And people are voting every day with incomplete information about the health of uh, the commander-in-chief. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going back to my one-word answer, yes. Well, <laughs> you know, if I, could, if I could add on here, I think, you know, his doctors have spoken, and you know, what's been, what's been uh, crazy over the last few days is every now, every CNN reporter, every reporter around the nation has become a doctor all of a sudden, and they're questioning nuances coming from from his doctors and from the staff. But I mean, those of us on my side have yet to hear anyone ask a question of Joe Biden and his health situation. And he's running for the president of the free world as well. So I think we need to ask questions, but we also need to have some some acquiescence in in what the doctors are telling us is what is exactly going on. I mean, it's very interesting because over the course of history, there are many examples of presidents being ill and not sharing the truth about their conditions. Everybody from JFK 
Um, FDR. Woodrow Wilson, FDR. So that's, and yes, we're in the middle of an election, but I I don't think anybody's sitting here thinking it somehow materially impacts the election, but let's go there. Does it? Am I right? Does it not? Does it or does it not impact the election, Mark? The fact that the president is in the hospital with COVID? Yeah. Well, we the only honest answer is we don't know whether it is going to move the needle or not. I think I think we know a couple of things just to real quickly level set, as you would say, Howard. Uh, Biden went into the debate winning by either a little or a lot, but ahead. He came out of the debate winning by more than he did going in, and we should talk about that. And the worst issue for Donald Trump is COVID. He is stronger than Biden on the economy. He holds his own on other issues here and there. But on COVID, he has consistently been down and down a good bit. And now all we are talking about is COVID. So we don't know yet, but I, I don't I don't think even Trump thinks this is good for his reelect. Jerry, what do you think? No, I, I don't. I think we don't know. I agree with Mark. We don't know what impact it will have. But we also what we do know is in a Trump during a Trump candidacy and during a Trump administration, topics change within an hour. And Trump has that ability to change the focus of an election. I mean, a week ago, we were on the Supreme Court. Tuesday night, we were on the debates. All of a sudden, then Friday, we're back on COVID again. So I don't know why the issue is even going to be next week with the Trump administration. It's (laughs) mind-bending. Guys, there's a lot of talk about the fact that the president has gotten sick, changing the dynamic around the next stimulus package. There's, there's, there's a talk in Washington that they could actually get a deal done between now and the election and that his health plays a material role in that. The, I mean, my view is, I think it's, there's still significant hurdles you still have to convince the Senate Republicans to, to vote for a bill. But um, I think it does give the Republicans some cover, some political cover, as absurd as it is, because the president getting sick doesn't in any way change things for the country um, from an economic point of view. Um, but I think it does give them some political cover to come on board and do a package that's more along the lines of what Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats want. I I think there's been a willingness of the president, even before Friday, to to move more towards the House to offer a greater package, because I think the administration sees that that it's important to have another stimulus package uh, even before the election. I think that's important for our economy, important for for uh, workers out in across America and businesses across America, I, I think the problem has been the Senate, and I do. I think we're seeing sub movement in the Senate, maybe not at leadership level, but at least for those senators in in tough reelection states. 
Well, the the jobs well, report on Friday, Mark, was was weaker than expected. The number of jobs created, the unemployment rate came down to seven and change, but it was meaningfully weaker than was expected, which has led some of the Republicans to move toward, uh, I think, more willingness to do a deal. And on the other side, the the moderate Democrats running in the House have been pushing Nancy Pelosi to get something done. Yeah, the the recovery seems to be stalling based on Friday's reports. The country needs more COVID relief. I hope they can get something together. The problem has been that there was no agreement between the White House and the Republican Senate, let alone between Pelosi and uh and Mnuchin or McConnell. So maybe, so maybe, but let's let's remember that we are in such uncharted uh, waters here. Number one, the president's health, we all hope that everyone suffering from this awful virus gets completely recovered quickly. And that obviously includes the president, the first lady and all those around him. However, we don't know what the president's health is going to be in the coming days and weeks. We also don't know what the health is going to be of the uh, three senators who have recently tested positive. The Senate right now has suspended its business because of those COVID tests. They could obviously come back if a deal were reached, but this this is a TBD if ever there were one, and the virus is going to determine a lot of this. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, the virus is determining so much. I mean, pro football today. I mean, so many games. My team's not playing today because of of the virus, and and we're going to see so many things change in society over the next few months. Yep, for sure. So, guys, let's talk about the so-called debate, um, even though... Wait, are, it, are, we, are we doing the Tuesday night debate or the Saturday night live cold open? Well, the SNL was, <laughs> was classic. I mean, we I should... Ju- pretty much said it all. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was priceless. But um, what, Mark, what can we say about the 90-minute shouting match. Uh, Neither of them really did. (laughs) You're speechless, Mark. Neither of them did well. But I don't agree with that to begin with. Uh, For sure, the president didn't do well. What I'm struggling to say is what I said a second ago. If, If you are asking what electoral consequences there may be from the debate, I think it's unarguable. It is unarguable that the president did not help himself. Whether Biden picked up a lot of support or a little support, wherever this race was going into that debate, Biden was in better shape coming out of it because Trump underperformed is a euphemism. Right. If you want to debate 
the debate and the style and the content and the rest, that's a different oh, discussion. Was, the but, whole thing oh, was an embarrassment. It, the country was the loser. Yeah. The country was the loser and Biden was the winner, not because he was Abraham Lincoln, but because he he was debating. Because he Donald wasn't Donald Trump. Trump. Right. right. <laughs> Jerry. No, I mean, Jerry, I, what say you? I, I, I hoped for a... a different tone and was hoping for a different tone uh, during the debate. I thought uh, Trump's first answer was perfect, and I thought he was going to be exactly on tone throughout the evening. Then uh, then the Biden Biden took over in his answer and, and started the attack, much like he had Paul Ryan in, in 2012. And then Trump just moves into the interruption part from, from that point on throughout the debate. At the end of the day, I don't know if it changed. It certainly didn't change the base vote. I was talking with a lot of Trump voters because I thought they would feel like I did, that the tone was wrong, that the process was all uh, wrong, and that some changes needed to be made there. But the Trump voters were all excited about his performance on, did, on Jerry, Tuesday night, which was did that you know, a surprising answer to me. And did that excitement on your friend's part include the president's repeated refusal to denounce white supremacy? No, he denounced white supremacy twice no, during that answer. I mean, you just scroll it back and listen to it. He did denounce it, and he's denounced it uh, countless times over the past few years. I don't know what the media's attention is. I mean, they are so attentive to that one issue, and I don't understand <laughs> it because he has denounced it several times. Well, uh, we can agree to disagree, but that's not what the country saw watching that debate. And that was, in fact, coming out of the debate, the hot spot, if, if you will. Yeah. But Trump has managed once again, obviously. I mean, look, not, not in any strategic or, or intentional manner. But but he has, as Jerry, you were saying a minute ago, you know, he has now put that issue someplace in the distant past. That's like we were all in high school when that happened. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but I, I yes and no. I mean, my feeling is that, you know, what Trump excels at is stoking controversy. And he basically won four years ago because he was able to draw eyeballs and nobody takes their eyes off the guy. And that's that's how I mean, he's well, CTV all the time and it keeps people engaged and, and people like it. But now we're dealing with a situation where you have a somewhat weak candidate on the other side, not as disliked as Hillary Clinton. But I just don't think, you know, Biden's whole strategy is Trump, 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 Trump. And so when Trump draws in himself into controversy, when he makes... By keeping the attention on himself, I think he's actually hurting himself this time. You know, I wish he'd just let Biden talk. He should he just is, let Biden talk. Trump is that's un- kind of my point, Jerry. Unlike right. 2016, can we remember, please, that we are in the midst, maybe the middle, who knows where the end is, of the worst pandemic in uh, a century? It has devastated millions of jobs and, and millions of lives, and Trump is the president. 
In 2016, it was different. In 2016, must-see TV benefited him. That's what I'm saying. Yes, but it doesn't benefit the incumbent in a country that is suffering to continue to draw attention to himself. That's what I'm saying. Especially on this issue. And and by... You know, on on whites, the white supremacist thing, he, he was like clearly creating controversy for the sake of creating controversy. Yeah. And I don't think it helps him, Jerry. I mean, setting aside the fact that it's offensive, it's offensive, you know, the going back to Charlottesville, fine people or whatever the hell he said on both sides. Which he didn't say that way i mean the complete sentence was talking about the other group there but but you know we battled that in virginia quite a bit <laughs> and i mean it, like how do you how do you how does a president of the united states say stand back and stand by like what the hell is he doing and what does that mean for rule of law in this country what does it mean for the role of the military for the role of the police. He's telling a militia group to stand back and stand by a group. Uh, that- I mean, thank, you know, he clarified the next day. He meant he wants law enforcement to enforce the laws. And that's where we are. And that's what he said the next day. But of course, we've forgotten that because of all the other issues that have taken place this week. I mean, Mark, obviously, we don't expect Jerry to answer for the president <laughs> of the United States um, well, misdeeds, in my opinion, in this regard, but it's like it's I, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing you could say about it. It's 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 it was horrific. It's disgraceful is what it's, it is. It, it is horrific. disgraceful. And I'm not going to uh, be ad hominem with with my friend Jerry, whom I know does not support white supremacy and the Proud Boys and whomever these other no i i have no idea what the proud boys are or what they stand i know for. i know did anybody about. else until the president told them but, to stand back and stand but by I, but when you say what can you say the the republican leadership in this country can stand up and say that's unacceptable it is unacceptable that there wasn't an unequivocal denouncing of of white supremacy I, but that 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 was four days ago. So that I, was in a different historic I know, era. I know, but 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 guess what? Hopefully the president will recover and he'll be out of the hospital in a couple of days. And then it's let's not and pretend then that it's back. not back to business as usual. Okay. And I we'll I just, see. I, I would not I would not bet a lot that there is a second presidential debate. I agree, but the issues are still going to be the same. The dialogue is still going to be the same. And I don't understand. I just, I don't understand. You know, I had, a, I had a friend of mine this week who is a longtime Republican who supports the president, who is like you, Jerry, a, a wonderful person and not a racist or anti-Semitic bone in his body. Say to me, I'm so tired of hearing about white supremacists. Like, the president got asked a question about white supremacists and he didn't answer it to my satisfaction. I don't understand. I just, I don't understand what Repub- what like normal people see in this guy. I work for George W. Bush. I, 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 
most people, many of the people that I work with see nothing in this guy. I don't, what are Republicans? But, uh, but I, I will counter that to say that I can vote for good policy and not for the person. I, I, a lot of us can. A lot of us look at what he's done on the economy, look what he's done on judicial appointments. And those are things people on my side have been working for for decades. And he's finally the one person doing it right. I mean, I, I love George W. Bush. I love uh, former President Bush. I, I like both of them. But now we finally have a president on my side that is appointing what we see as conservative judges that are going to stay there for decades. Yeah, you got the benefit of your bargain with the devil. Everybody knows that you and Mitch and the rest made a deal with the devil, sold your soul, but you did get what you bargained for. You, it's huge return on investment. The ROI is great. But at what cost? At what cost? How is he doing on the virus? How, how's, how's that? You know, work? I submit that we would not be this near a vaccine if we had the Democrats in charge of the FDA. I mean, we know, we know through history <laughs> that the FDA moves so slowly and Trump's forced them to move. And, and to that, I think we all have to give them credit for moving the FDA off the dime to, to approve drugs in a quicker fashion. I think we've always wanted that at the FDA. And I think pr the president and his people are finally the team that can push the FDA, not just for this virus, but for other issues coming down the pipe that we need to have cures for that is just sort of held up in at the FDA. So, Mark, let me now turn it around, engage in some both sides isms. Ism. Um, Mark, knew this was coming. So <laughs> in 2016, at this point in the election, Hillary Clinton was, um, well, let me just say this. Donald Trump is polling ahead of where he was in 2016 relative to, um, 2020 relative to six, 2016. He's actually doing better in the battleground, in the battleground states. Sorry, I botched this whole uh, intro. No, no, but he, Donald Trump is 0.6% ahead of, points ahead of where he was four years ago. How is that possible? Like, yeah, the polling, the national polling has them. I think the Wall Street Journal, NBC News poll has them like 13 points ahead, the one that came out yesterday. Um, but that's also registered voters, not likely voters. In the battleground states, the real clear politics average, Joe Biden is ahead of Donald Trump by 3.8 points. Hillary Clinton was ahead of Donald Trump by 4.4 points four years ago. How? And does that make you nervous? Of course it makes me nervous that it isn't 100 to zero. And we all know what happened four years ago where what I believe will turn out to be a once-in-a-lifetime threading of the needle uh, put Trump in the White House through the Electoral College. But I... This has been a very stable race. Biden has been consistently ahead, is more ahead now than he was before, and is over 50% in some of these battleground states, which 
is very different than where Clinton was four years ago. It's a different race, but we don't know what is going to happen in the next month. We know what happened in the final month four years ago, and it took Clinton from a probable win to what was the narrowest loss since uh, 1876. I keep threatening to send you that Tilden Hayes election article, which, which I have to remember to do, Howard. But, but this is a different candidate. It is a different time. It is a different race. And, and now we have the president in the hospital. We, we just don't what know where we do? are. What does that have to do with it? I mean, well, I, I'm saying we don't know what that does. Right. As, as we were texting yesterday, I said that the only thing we know is that we don't know what the consequences of this are going to be. I mean, that's the reality. It's hard. Well, that's to, what I just said. Yeah. That's what I just said. Right. Yeah. We don't um, know which way that but, cuts. Right. But he is doing better than he was four years ago, which given the global pandemic, the economy being in the tank, chaos looming, it, how? He's, he is doing statistically insignificantly better. It's 0.6. Okay, let's say he's doing the same. How? Yeah. Against how? a more likable candidate in the battleground states. Well, I, I just think his pretty- supporters, his supporters are are always going to be there for him. They're they're hardcore supporters. They are not leaving the president. And I think the Republicans are now bullish on Florida and North Carolina and Arizona. And that means at the end of the day, people don't like to think about it. He only has to go one for five in the Midwest to to win the election. Uh, that's the Republican path to victory at this point. One, He wins one of those states. I mean, assuming yeah, yeah. Ohio sticks in his column, but he wins one of those states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, or Minnesota now. He's president again. Well, if he wins Arizona, Florida, and North Carolina, which is very far from a foregone conclusion, which is not what the polling... Look, it's a divided country, and these States are going to be decided narrowly, but Biden is ahead, but according point, to the polling in every state you just said. Every I would single just, one. I would just remind you that uh, in eighteen, which was a Democrat wash of, of the Republicans. I mean, we all realize Democrats did extremely well across this country in eighteen. They did not do well in Florida at all. I mean, Florida, even though the polls showed the Republicans losing, Florida. Florida just knows, the Republican Party there just knows how to organize, knows how to get out their vote, and knows how to win. I, I have no doubt on Florida. I similarly have no doubt in a presidential election for North Carolina. They always, for some reason, the polling is just always a little off in North Carolina, and it always comes home on election day. And that means we go to the Midwest. And I just don't think we have figured out how to poll that sector of the country because has, has you know, Mark in, in Pennsylvania, is it, I think it's Carl Rove that describes Pennsylvania has Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and Alabama in the middle. Yeah, it was uh, Jim Carville. <laughs> Jim Carville. Carville. That's what he had to say. Uh, Biden's going to win Pennsylvania. Biden's lead in Pennsylvania is growing up. Uh, 
not not going the other way. And I think he, he is going to win uh, Michigan and he is going to win Minnesota, Wisconsin. He, I, that's not what the polling is saying. Was the polling perfect four years ago? No, but there was much more national polling and less state polling four years ago. And these races are close. Pennsylvania is a three-point state in a presidential election. But Trump has to run the table. Arizona, Florida, North Carolina, Ohio, he has to hold. And he didn't win Minnesota last time, of course. And then he's got to pick off a couple of uh, the Midwestern states, as, as you're saying. And that is not where this race is today. We'll we'll see where the race is. We've said, Howard, two things consistently about the presidential election. I think Jerry will agree with at least one of them, maybe not the other. (laughs) We have said that the election was going to be about turnout. And I believe that the turnout is going to be what Biden needs to win, maybe even more than Biden needs to win. And we said the election was going to be about the virus. What's happening with the virus uh, on Halloween, we said, back in the spring. And and that'll tell you what's going to happen on November 3rd. Uh, You don't have to wait till Halloween necessarily because half the country will have voted by then. So there were all these... um to kind of go back to the beginning here, there were all these reports, there were all these conspiracy theories running rampant on Friday um, that Trump isn't really sick and that he's just doing this to get sympathy, you know, the usual nutty stuff that's out there in the Twitter sphere. I, I I don't know why in the world he would do that. It seemed to me a golden opportunity for the Democrats. You had Biden come out and wish him and Melania well, and you had Obama make a statement and you had Nancy Pelosi say she was praying for him. And uh, you know, Mark, that they were (laughs) loving, loving that. Like there was nothing genuine in wishing him well. And he's our president and all that. It was an opportunity. An opportunity to keep the focus on the virus. Right. It's what I have. By the way, I'm not blaming them for it. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, it it was just a stunning reminder of where we are and the distrust, mistrust about all things on both sides that people thought, including members of my own family, that Trump was faking the virus. Uh, first I'm, I'm of not going to speculate as to which <laughs> members of your own family thought that, Mark. But I disagreed. I, I have disagreed. a sneaking suspicion I know which one. More than one. Oh. I didn't believe it for a minute. But I, I also just didn't understand the thinking, forget the trust, I didn't understand the thinking that it was good for him. Trump's greatest weakness is his handling of this pandemic. Every day for days, if not weeks, in the last 30 days of the presidential election, all anybody is talking about is Donald Trump and COVID-19. Not good. Not good. 
I, I don't think that it's it's good for any for the president to have gotten COVID, but I think it also shows us that we don't know we don't know has a lot about this and how to prevent it because the governor of Virginia has COVID and he's the biggest mask wearer we have and the biggest dictator, if you will, on what you can and cannot do in our Commonwealth. And yet he got it, practicing social distance and wearing the mask. And now the governor, uh, now the president has it, uh, I would say not so much, even though everyone that went into that, what we are calling the spreader event, had had the test, so there had to be some uh, false test results given out for for that it to spread like that during that event. Well, guys, who, who knows who knows where this is going? Who knows what we'll be talking about in a week? We had planned to talk about the potential for post election chaos yeah. this time, and we haven't gotten to it, but we'll keep that on the agenda. We're, Barry, thanks we're, for, we're still six months from the election, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. Six yeah. months, four I think weeks. next Sunday is probably a Martian invasion. That seems Could to be. be. Could be. Seems to be Jerry, thanks ready. for joining us again. Thank Fun you as all. always to toss issues around and try to make sense of all this. And we will be back next week. All right. Thanks, Thank guys. You all. Thanks, guys. Bye. 